0: Today we are finishing our series on prayer, and, um, and I just want to say this. I could spend an entire year preaching on prayer. Today we're going to talk about types of prayer. We're just going to talk about two, and there are there are many different types of prayer. We're going to focus on two, but I, I want to just kind of set the stage because um, January, the first week in January, we're going to begin a 21 days of prayer and fasting, and our doors, this, this church is going to be open every single morning, and we're going to have people praying uh, for 21 days straight, believing God for revival. Revival, and so we're going to talk a lot more about prayer, but today is ending uh, our series, and and before we kind of dive into these two types of prayer, first I want you to pray with me, and then I want to share my heart for a second. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you right now for your presence, and Lord, we ask right now that you would speak to every heart. Open our heart. We put aside distraction. We put aside things that would hinder us. This is not about me. This is about you, Lord, speaking Speak, Lord. Be the preacher today. Be the teacher today. Holy Spirit, I give you full reign in this house, and it's in Jesus' precious, mighty name. Amen and amen. I want to start today in just talking about prayer because this week, man, God has rocked my world in many ways, and um, totally changed my outline about Friday um, as I thought I had everything that I wanted to say to you and then God said no 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 no. let me just tell you that's not right get rid of that and add this and I was like okay Lord so it's just kind of things that have that God has been stirring in me this week and before we really dive in I want to share my heart with you about prayer because we can over systematize prayer and what I mean by that is we can study the models of prayer and we can talk about how to pray and the and, and the petitioning of God and the and all of these things and and how do we be an intercessor, and how do we you know, pray in the Spirit, which we're going to talk about today, and all of these different types of prayer. But I, I wanted to share my heart with you because I really believe the main thing for me is that prayer is the gateway into the presence of God. And, and hear my heart. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. In His presence, we are full, and we are changed. So, so I, I just want to share that before we just think that this is all about, you know, getting the right model. No, this is about being in his presence and gazing in awe, beholding God. And when we behold him, we become like him. John 1, I'm going to prove it to you. John 1 John the Baptist sees Jesus coming. And by the way, see, I've always read, I'm going to just share. I've always read this to say, uh, you know, John the Baptist sees Jesus and he says, behold, comma, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, you know, that's true. But In the original language, there are no punctuations, and so I took a little bit of liberty this week. I felt like the Lord said, Stephen, read it differently just for for, for today, and I started looking at it again, and, and and I read this verse again, and it said, without the comma, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That word behold means to be awestruck of, to be in awe of God who takes away the sin of the world. So prayer enters us into the presence of God where we are changed. We behold, or we become what we behold. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says this, "And And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Wow, what a powerful verse. Don't skip by this stuff. He's saying that as we behold the glory of God, we are made like Him. From one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. How many of you know there's a lot of glory to be had? I think it's amazing that in all of eternity, you see, God is all powerful and there is no end. What your mind is going to just blow when you really try to compute that? Because in, 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 you know, 500 billion years from now, we're still going to be in awe. Think about that. Think about that you are still, your mind is still going to be blown every time you look in his face. There is no limit to his glory. So we become like him as we behold him and we behold him through prayer, entering into His, his presence with thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. One more before I dive in. This is just me kind of sharing my heart. As a pastor, I counsel people. I talk to people. I try to help people through their problems. And, and uh, many times people will sit in front of me and say, I just have this one sin. I just have this one struggle, this one temptation, and I can't get past it. I can't seem to overcome this one thing in my life. And, and I was reminded this week of Matthew twenty six forty one. Where, where Jesus is in the garden and he's asked the disciples to pray with him. He's just said, guys, could you just pray with me for one hour? And they fall asleep. Come on, I, I, I probably would have been me. I'd have been snoozing over there, right? But And he comes back to them and he says, guys, guys, no, no, wake up. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, we become what we behold. Many of you, I don't, I I had to say that because I feel like some of you are looking in all the wrong places and how to overcome the temptation that you're facing and you've gone from counselor to pastor to leader to counselor and you're not going to the counselor. And God is saying, if you would learn to practice the presence of God, it would take away 95% of your problems. Come on, somebody. I'm not downing counselors. Sometimes, you know, that's needed. I'm just saying, most of the time, get into his presence on an everyday basis. I said this before. The difference between people who just kind of make it. And the people who really change the world, it's not because, you know, people that change the world or or, or that are really, you know, living for God, that that they're so great or they have these gifts. They just do every day what we do every now and then. Come on, somebody. They're consistent in what we're just not consistent in. We pray once a week. People are praying every day. They're going to see results. They're going to be changed. They're going to look like Jesus. When they get around the lost, the lost are going to sense the presence of Jesus because we become what we, what we behold. You with me? Tongue twister. All right, man, I love you guys. I'm ready to dive in. Are you? All right, two types of prayer I want to look at today. I'm excited about this, and uh, again, this is something that I really felt strongly that God laid on my heart for you, and so we're going to go there. It's going to be fun. I'm going to talk about intercession, and then I'm going to talk about praying in the Spirit, and and as I was thinking about types of prayer, as a matter of fact, in my outline this week, I had praying Scripture, and God said, no, 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 remove it, and I added praying in the Spirit, because what I began to realize in my own life is that the, 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 there are two two things that really fire me up and really are very important personally to me, and it is, it is this idea of intercession, and it is praying in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit every single day of my life, and it is a blessing to me, and I want to talk to you about it today. And so th- th- there are two, two types that we're going to look at today. We're going to start with intercession, and, and uh, this is a fun one. Because you see, my first Bible school, my where I did my first two years, was a charismatic school. And, um, you know, I'm a, I was, grew up a Baptist boy. Come on, I just grew up Southern Baptist. And so a lot of this stuff was new to me. And uh, we had this lady who was, who was like the school intercessor. Anybody ever know of somebody who was like, they were the intercessor? Anybody Pentecostal in the house? Or you come from that where it's like, oh, yeah, they're the intercessor. She's the intercessor of the house. I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, what does that mean? And so this lady, however, uh, she taught class on intercession. And what I realized about her was that she prayed really long really loud and she was just a little bit weird i said first service i said oh lord i hope i hope she ain't watching right now because she if you are you are an amazing lady and you really encouraged me she did she was on fire for the lord just a little bit a little bit come on now you know what i'm talking about (laughs) look at me like that you know them intercessors and people who just pray all day just 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 you'd be a mid-sentence talking to them about the ball game they just start praying in tongues like whoa and so so my idea my idea of intercession was praying loud and praying long and being a little weird that's just what I thought intercessory prayer was. and so I never wanted to be on that team church I would go to the intercession team I'm like next what else you got I'm good I'm good because I'm more, I'm more of a bottom line guy. Just being honest, being real with you. I'm more of a bottom line. I just want to like tell me like let's get to the meat of it. You don't have to beat around the bush. I want to see it. It's got to, you know, just let's get to the meat of it. If you hear me pray for healing, listen, I'm not going to pray for 96 minutes that God will heal you. I'm going to pray for just about 30 seconds, but I'm going to mean what I say and say what I mean. That's just me, though. I'm not saying that praying long is bad. It's just me. So intercession, my idea You know, I had to be really taught and I had to go back to the Word of God, which is always a good thing, by the way, to really find out what this idea of intercession was. And uh, and I'm going to show that to you today. So I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. And Genesis chapter 18. We see the first recorded prayer in the Bible. Now, it's not the first time prayer was mentioned or that communication with God in the Bible happened. We know that God visited Adam and Eve in the garden, and you could say that was prayer communication, but this is the first time real real prayer is recorded in the Bible. And there's something that theologians call the law of first mention. And what the law of first mention is, is if you are studying a topic, you go back to where the Bible first mentioned that topic, and you allow that to sort of be a foundation on which you study the rest of the topic. It's called systematic theology. If you've been to Bible college, you study systematic theology, and they will take you back to the first mention of that topic. And it usually gives you some insights of how to truly and rightly interpret that topic and so we're going to do that today Genesis 18 and verse 22 let's read it this is Abraham interceding for a city and for his family it says so the men turned from there and went towards Sodom but Abraham still stood before the Lord that's that's good right there I could preach that then Abraham drew near and said will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fares the wicked. He's, he's getting real with God right here. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. What's happening right here? You can keep reading later. He begins to bargain even more with God. He's like, I got 50. What about 45? 45, 50. What about 35? What about 30? What about 45? What about 40? He gets all the way down to 10. He's like, if you could find 10 righteous, You can find 10 righteous. And what we see, why I'm bringing this up, is because Abraham is interceding for a city and for his family, his nephew Lot and Lot's family. And so we need to understand how this looks and we need to understand how we can begin to, to intercede as well. Why? Because Abraham moves the heart of God and Lot and his family are saved. That's a big deal right there. And so we need to ask ourselves, what is intercession? What is intercession? Is it praying long? Is it praying loud? Is it sweating and spitting when you pray? Here, let me say this. Intercession is not a prayer. Intercession is an action just like faith is not a prayer faith is an action although you can pray a prayer of faith you can pray a prayer of intercession and so intercession is an action and the in the definition really for intercession is the act of bringing two parties together And the word in the Hebrew for intercession is the word pagah. And listen, it is sometimes translated to meet together or to bridge. And so intercession literally is a bridge. We have been called to build a bridge and bring two parties together. Come on, we've been called to intercess. I'm going to show you that he's called us to be intercessors. I hope you realize that. All of y'all have been signed up for to be on the intercessor team. But he's called us to intercede for this city he's placed us in. What does that mean? It means to bridge the two parties together. That means to see the craziness in Pinellas County and to see the darkness and to see the spiritual principalities. But to see the light of God and to see the kingdom of God and to see the peace and the love of God and begin to pray those two things together as intercession. It's building a it's building a bridge. Look in Isaiah 59. Let me prove it to you. It says that he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. He's talking about the city there. He said, There's no person to build a bridge. I want to show you in Romans 8:34. It's going to be on the screen. You don't have to turn there, but I want to show you that Jesus is interceding. It says this in Romans 8:34. Who is to condemn? why would he ask that question see we got to read scripture slow sometimes some of y'all just let me say this right bible reading plans are good if you're trying to read through the bible in one year or six months that's that is a good thing hear me but it's not about how much you can read in the shortest amount of time it's about retaining what we're reading And it's about allowing the treasure of the living word of God to be implanted and stamped on our hearts, not just in our minds. So we need to read slow. Come on, you you with me? Romans 8.34 says, who is to condemn? Why would he ask that? Because he's going to tell us. Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that was raised. And who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding or building a bridge for us? I love that verse. Because it says, who is present tense not who was or who did or he did it when he you know back in the day he interceded on your behalf no it says who is present active tense in the greek right now jesus is bridging you to the father come on somebody he sees where you're at, and he looks at the throne. He sees the goodness of the Father. And he's going before the Father. And he's saying, Would you look at my would you look at your son? Would you look at your daughter? Would you meet with them right now? Would you pour out your spirit on them? They need you right now. He's interceding for you. Come on, you're not alone in this struggle. You're not alone in this trial. Jesus is interceding for you. That's good news right there. I don't care who you are. Romans 8:34. Not only is Jesus interceding, but God calls us to intercede. Uh-oh. We're going to make it personal. See, we, we like to come to church and just, and just kind of observe. We don't like to get activated. Well, you, you're in the wrong church. Let me just say it to you right now. Because I'm trying to activate you. I'm trying to activate you into what God has called you to do. Look at 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 says this First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. Very interesting that he didn't say prayers of intercession. He said prayers, comma, intercessions. Interesting separating the two but but he's urging us Paul is urging Timothy who is called to urge the church that he was at to be intercessors wow did you know you were on the intercessory team welcome it's gonna be fun we've been called to build bridges We've been called to intercede or stand in the gap for people who don't even know they need God. We've been called to intercede for, a, for 80%, which is over 2 million of the Tampa Bay area who are unchurched, who right now do not know Jesus. We've been called to intercede for them and build a bridge for them to find God. Come on, that's good news right there. So God's commanded us to be intercessors. Let me expl- show you how this works real life. Um, our B group, uh, which was a great B group this semester, we saw many miracles happen, which is the reason why every one of you guys should be in a B group. It launches back up in January. We just ended. And um, we had, you know, 15 or 20 people in our home. And, and one night we had a person that, uh, that, that kind of shared some personal things about their family and said, you know, I have a, a loved one, a, a, her daughter who was, um, had, had moved somewhere and was just, you know, kind of in, in an environment that was not healthy for her and, and, and that was not godly and had kind of strayed a little bit. And, uh, and so she just said, look, she just moved up to this place and um, uh, we're worried about her. She said, can we pray for her? And so what we began to do, we gathered around her and we began to intercede for this person what did we do we 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 prayed a bridge from from god to this family member and i got very specific our group got very specific and we began to say lord we're asking you that they may not be listening to the family member but we're asking that you specifically send someone to this person and speak truth to this person and they're going to listen to it Come on, let me teach you something. You're praying for your loved one or you're praying for your husband or your wife or your son or your daughter who's away from the Lord and they're not listening to you, they're probably not gonna listen to you, all right? So, and I'm just saying, they may, but listen, I know my parents who were pastors for 35 years, man, I was a mess growing up. My teenage years, I was into drugs. I was party. I moved down to South Florida. I was a a hot mess. My parents told me all the time I was wrong. I knew it. They're supposed to tell me that. But listen, when you begin to pray and say, God, send someone else to them who's going to get through to them. Two days later, two days later, this person, someone came up to them and began to speak truth into them and invited them to church the next day. They went to church. Her life has changed. And now she's involved serving in the church every week. We interceded. We just built a bridge. We just built a bridge and we just called heaven down. And God activated a Christian who was around this person and they were obedient and they went and spoke what God told them to say. It's amazing. It's amazing. I get fired up thinking about this stuff because God's alive. God is alive and he's, he's active and he's, he's responding to faith. And We need to be praying prayers of faith. Also, let me throw another plug in there. Our second Friday, we hit the streets and we go into, into neighborhoods. We go to people who will not come to us. But while we have a teams out in the neighborhoods, we have a team here that prays and intercedes. So we've got people here that are building bridges for us while we're out there. And so I believe with all my heart, many times I'll walk up to somebody who's in those in those neighborhoods and it'll be just like the door was already wide open. And I just say something and they're just there. They're engaged and they're and they're embracing the things of God. And times when I've prayed for people out in the neighborhoods and they'll just begin to weep. I believe the bridge, the bridge was there because of the intercessors in this room. Come on. We've been called to be Intercessors. And we need to understand, as this house, to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, we need to be interceding. That's why I'm talking about this. Are you with me? Prayers of intercession. So, before we go on to the next one, how many intercessors do I have in the room? All right. Some of y'all raised it reluctantly. Like, well, you know, I guess. I guess. All right, intercession. Now we're going to look at praying in the Spirit, and it's going to be really fun. Praying in the Spirit. Let me say this. Praying in the Spirit, or the Bible calls, the Bible calls praying in tongues or praying in a prayer language, praying in or with the Spirit. And uh, I'm going to show you that this is very, very, very biblical. And, uh, and I just want to say that as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, That this is one thing that growing up a Baptist boy, I was not really... You know, uh, man, I thought intercessors were weird. And I thought if you spoke in tongues, you were weird. That's just that was my, my, my frame of thought. And so, you know, 23 years old um, in a church full of people who were passionate about God. And, and here's this this Baptist boy who got radically saved and was seeking after the truth of God. And um, and I had this guy who who invited me to his church. And he said, hey, listen, before before we go, I got to warn you about this church. I mean, you know, get ready when everybody, anybody ever does that. I hope you don't have to warn people about our church. You might have to. You put, so, See, see so that's what I love. There's diversity in this room. I have people who come up to me to say, man, I've been Catholic my whole life. And I started coming to your church. And it's weird, but I can't stop coming. They just can't stop coming. And so there's Baptists and there's Catholics and there's Methodists and there's Pentecostals. Where are my Pentecostals at? And so... I love the diversity. I love that. And so, you know, um, he, he, he said, yeah, well, this church, they, they believe in speaking in tongues. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, well, you know, it's just where, where the Holy Spirit prayed. And, and I was like, well, show me how that looks. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just curious. Right. I'm just hungry for God. And I was like, well, it sounds really weird. And in my way of thinking, even at an early age, because I grew up with a high standard, thank goodness, a high standard for this book, my next reaction was, show it to me in the Bible. If I can see it plain and clearly, then I will embrace it. And that's exactly what he did. He began to show me verses that I'm going to show you. and, And I never knew these verses were in the Bible. And it forced me out of my comfort. It forced me to begin to look at a topic that I had no clue about. And I began to say, God, I see this. Your word says that it's beneficial. And if it's of you, I want it. I may be labeled weird. I may be labeled crazy. But if it's you, I don't really care. That's just how I, that's just how I am. I don't care what denomination you say. I don't care what denomination you want to say that we are. I'm just one to follow Jesus in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I can't do this in my own strength. I need some supernatural power working through me. You do too. This is not just for church leaders. All right, so I want to challenge some of you out of your comfort zone because, man, listen, we, we love comfort, don't we? Yes, you do. Don't lie up in here because every, de- every decision you make is based on comfort. The clothes you have on, you feel in the cotton and you're stretching. You know I mean? uh, yeah, okay, that's comfortable enough. The, 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 you know, furniture you pick out, you're making sure it's just comfortable enough. Listen, we set the air to what's comfortable for you because we love you. So so we as Americans man it's all about it's all about comfort. You're going to go get real comfortable after you hear me preach today. You're going to watch some football in your comfortable chair. Come on. But as it relates to as it relates to our Christian faith, let me just say to you that many times it is it is the the comfort that keeps us from growth. Spiritually speaking, comfort in Christianity can be the enemy of Growth. It will keep you from your calling. I must say this, and I mean it with all of my heart. There should be Sundays you walk out of this building a little bit rattled, a little bit like, whoa, I was not expecting all that. I mean, I, it was biblical, but man, I did. Whoa, I'm a little convicted. Yes, you should be. I'm not here to preach, you know, hellfire and brimstone every week at you. But there should be moments when the conviction of the Holy Spirit settles because I've been obedient to say to you what God tells me to say to you. And it pushes you out of your comfort zone to embrace all that God has for you. Isn't it interesting that so many divisions in the body of Christ have hinged on the Holy Spirit? Come on. There's denominations who have been set up based upon their stance on the Holy Spirit. It's like, hey, you know, you're, you believe in Jesus? Great. What about the whole, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Yes, on this wall. No, on this wall. Seriously. And I'm trying to like throw out the divisions, get back to the word of God and let God speak to us and pursue what we see in this book. You ready to go there? I'm just, I just got three things that I want to tell you about praying in the spirit and it's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody because, listen, this is something that fuels me, fuels me. You need to know that your pastor prays in tongues every day. You just need to know that. Some of y'all are like, man, I came to the wrong church. No, you came to the right church. I am dependent upon the power of this little Baptist boy had an encounter with God. I didn't force that stuff to come out of my mouth. As a matter of fact, I heard somebody for the first time. I said, they're weird. I'm never going to do that. But in a moment in New Orleans, Louisiana, a pastor laid his hands on me. And I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit came all over me and I I began to shake like a leaf. And coming out of my belly were were words that I did not even understand. And I chose to bypass my mind and release what was inside of me. And that's what we have to do. See, some of you are too smart for your own good. (laughs) We, We allow traditions and what people have labeled about that to to affect our ability to receive what's really of God, to the point that we see it black and white and we still have to justify our way around it. Man, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Many times, the things that we don't experience, we have to justify it somehow. It can't be true because it's not in my grid. Really? Really? It can't be true because my denomination did not practice it. Really? So when we get to heaven, it's going to have your denomination on the door? Come on. I'm just trying to help us today. I'm just a a guy who's just passionate for the Lord and just just want all that he has for me. All that he has for me. All right, three points. Number one, it's biblical. It's very biblical. 1 Corinthians 14, look at verse 39. When I saw this verse, I about fell out of my seat the first time. 23-year-old kid, I thought, man, I never knew that this was in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 14, 39 says, So my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy, and, and do, do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. Traditionalists like the last part of that verse. Pentecostals like the first part of the verse. We're going to bring them together. We're going to bring them together. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. I had to say that to a religious spirit that's trying to, I'm just telling you guys. This is, this is the Holy Spirit we're talking about, not some demon you're going to open yourself up to. Come on. All right, let me move on here. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.2. Why do we say praying in the Spirit or with the Spirit? I, I thought that could just mean, you know, you're in your prayer time, and you feel the Holy Spirit come over you, and you just begin to kind of pray things at a, with an unction and, and, a, and a power comes over you well that could be said that the spirit is 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 really on your words but the bible makes a very clear distinction between praying with your mind or in your language and praying in the spirit or in tongues he the, the bible makes this distinction i'm gonna show it to you because you don't believe me verse two it says this for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to god for, for no one understands him. Now, let me explain, and, and you can go on our website. I did a whole sermon on this um, earlier this year. I did a series on the Holy Spirit. There are two types of tongues. There is a tongue that needs to be interpreted. It can be understood. But there is a prayer language that no one can understand because it's just for you. Just clearing that up. For no one speaks in a tongue. uh, Who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. In the Spirit, let me hang hang on to that phrase. Now I want you to go with me to verse fourteen. It says this: For if I pray in a tongue, this is why we're talking about this today. Paul said there is a prayer. Of In a tongue. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? What is he going to do? I will pray with my spirit. Pray with the spirit. But I will pray with my mind also. Do you see the distinction? And he keeps on going. He says, I will sing praise with my spirit. And I will sing praise with my mind also. I didn't write this. God wrote it. God is telling you and telling me very, very clear. Through the word of God, there is a prayer language. There is a prayer that the Holy Spirit, we're going to look in just a minute, where when we don't even have the words, the Holy Spirit begins to intercede through us with groanings too deep for words, and you begin to pray in your spirit, and you don't understand with your mind, but your spirit is built up. How many of you want to be built up? Okay. All right, so it's biblical. Number two, it's a benefit. It's a benefit. Look at verse four. Let me show you something here. It says, the one who speaks in a tongue, this is as clear as day. The one who speaks in a prayer language builds up himself. Is that clear? Do you think that's pretty plain? So, I want to show you something really quick. I want you to turn to Jude 20. There's only one chapter in the book of Jude. And I want you to keep that, that same uh, idea from 1 Corinthians 14:4 4, that one who speaks or prays in the Spirit builds up himself. And then go with me to Jude, Jude 20. If you hit Revelation, you went too far. Uh, So go look at verse 20. But you, beloved, I want you to see this. I I want you to put this verse next to the one we just read in Corinthians. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Do you see the connection there? Paul says in 1 Corinthians that if you pray in the Spirit, you will build yourself up. And then we see in Jude, verse 20, he says, Praying in the Holy Spirit, build yourself up in the most holy faith. Do you see the connection? It is a benefit. Go to Romans 8. Let me show you this, too, because this is really kind of explaining what takes place inside of us when we, when we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Look at verse Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, there's that word, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. With groanings too deep for words. Can I tell you something about your pastor? If you come down here on a Saturday night about eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock, depending on when I choose to do it, you would find me either in here walking or around the building and many times screaming, interceding for you. Many times at the top of my lungs, screaming in tongues as the Spirit is exploding out of me for you. And for this city and for the kingdom of God to come to the earth. You just need to know your pastor is a little bit weird. Because if you came and you saw me, you would be like, we need to lock him up listen i don't know how to explain it and some people here's where we get this wrong you think see some people say well you're saying that if i don't pray in tongues that i don't have the holy spirit no i'm not saying that when you get saved and you put your faith in jesus you have the holy spirit inside of you listen to me this is not about you getting more of the holy spirit it's about the holy spirit getting all of you that's a good word right there it's about you giving all of yourself over and surrendering yourself to the Holy Spirit. And listen, he's see, many times people who grew up like me, we think, yeah, but I'm I'm scared of that because what if the Holy Spirit takes over me and I just can't control myself and I act like the pastor screaming out in tongues? Well, no, I make a decision to do that. I've never been in publics and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just comes all over me. And I just I just grab the I grab the intercom and I just begin to shout in tongues all over public publics. Like, that's never happened. No, 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 no. I make, a ch- I make a conscious choice to activate what the Spirit is stirring in me. The problem is we have to bypass our mind. You see, I'm going to pray for some people today to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit because, listen, we see this modeled all through the Bible. This is so biblical, yet we've made it divisive. Listen, I was living in New Orleans and and I was in love. When I got saved, it was radical. I've shared this so many times. I'll share some of it again. So radical. When I got out of boot camp, I got saved in boot camp. I had a, uh, see, back then we listened to CDs, right? So it wasn't like you just plug your iPhone in. So I had this like, you know, you know, like the 500 book of CDs, and it was just full of garbage music, and then I had my stash of cigarettes, and I had my stash of something else you don't need to know about, and I'm driving down, I'm driving down the road, and I'm so fired up for Jesus, and I said, I've been changed, and I opened my window going 45, and just start chucking stuff stuff out the window could have been pulled over and arrested but I did not care I said that is not who I am anymore not who I am started going to a Coast Guard station and I was the you know young kid in Coast Guard with head shaved looked like I was 12 you know getting there and 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 just trying to fit in and and nervous and for six months man I loved God but I was scared to show it I started going to a church. This pastor laid his hands on me. The Holy Spirit came all over me, and a power surged through me. I can take you to the page in my journal. That night I wrote. I can barely read it because my hand was shaking so bad. And to myself I said, do not ever again doubt the power of God because on this day of this month of this year, the Holy Spirit has overwhelmed me. And I'm never going to be the same. And let me tell you something. I went back to that Coast Guard station, a ball of fire. Was I saved? Yeah, I was saved before. Did I love God? I loved God before. But there was a power and a boldness inside of me that began to come out. And I began to lead people to Jesus. I began to have Bible studies at night. I began to have chiefs and and officers come to me secretly and say, Will you pray for my marriage? I just see you got something. Come on, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not me. I was the, you know, kid who was just, I'm telling you, I wouldn't even pray over my meal I was so embarrassed. Y'all hadn't been there. Where you've been around a a bunch of lost people and you get your meal and you feel like the Lord says, you better thank me for that meal, but you know everybody's gonna look at you weird. And you go like this, you start looking and you don't do it. Come on, I've been there. See, y'all are just super saints, so y'all, 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 that's just me. I'm trying to tell you that it's a benefit. I'm trying to tell you that it's a benefit. I'm trying to tell you, if if you knew that God had more for you, would you want it? That's my question. Would you want it? If you knew God had more for you, would you want it? It's biblical. It's a benefit. And this is the last thing, and the the plane is actually totally landing this time, I promise. It's for everyone. This is going to rattle somebody. I've heard, listen, I've been studying this topic for 15 years. I, I know every single debate you're gonna to try to bring to me. And, and so I'm just gonna say it because I don't have time to unpack this. It's for everyone. Look in 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Go back with me to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5. It says this. This is Paul speaking. Now I want some of you to speak in tongues. Now I want the ones that God picks out and chooses to speak in tongues. I don't know about your Bible. My Bible says, now I want you all. Now this is going to be hard for for somebody, but I want you to point at yourself right now, come on, and say, I'm in all. You're in all. Paul said, I want you to to, to pray in the Spirit because it's going to build you up. It's going to be a benefit for you. Do you think God would withhold something that was a spiritual benefit? And you may say, oh, but what about the certain gifts that he gives? No, No, those gifts are not for you. They're for others. Praying in the spirit is for you. If I have a gift of healing come over me and I pray for somebody and they get healed, that was not about me. It was about this person. And so, yes, God can do that through some at some times. And and, and listen, I'm just saying, this is for everyone because it's personal, it's between me and God and I am built up. Man, I'm telling you, there's times when I'm down here or, or I'm in my car and I feel dry and I just start praying in the Holy Spirit and, man, my spirit just comes alive. It's a benefit. It's a benefit for you. I wouldn't want to live this Christian life without the privilege of praying in the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through me. He knows what I need to pray for. He knows what I need to be saying to the Father. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says he actually prays through us because he's like, ah, that's good, good for you for praying, but, but let me take over right here because I need to direct it this way. Your spirit is encouraged. I'm gonna just close by saying this. This is not something weird. I've said it a hundred times, I'm gonna say it again. When you look on TV and you see weird people that do it, they're weird anyway. If you removed, if you if you removed the Holy Spirit from the equation, they'd be weird anyway, okay? So let's not classify things because of a guy that you saw when you were a kid on tv or your pastor back in the day this is not about the person on tv or the pastor back in the day this is about you being built up in your most holy faith and receiving all that god has for you through the power of the holy spirit he wants to change this city he wants to change this city and the city will not be changed with a lukewarm church who doesn't know how to build themselves up He needs people full of the fire of the Holy Ghost who are willing to prophesy and who are willing to speak on behalf of God and say, I will stand in the gap. I will intercede for this city. I will intercede for your family, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's what's going to change a city. We don't need any more dry, cold churches. We need people that catch the fire of the Holy Spirit in decency and in order based on the truth of God, not acting all crazy. Just being who God's called you to be and stepping out and trusting Him. Come on, I'm, getting, I'm firing myself up right now. Preaching myself happy. Let me wrap this up. Let me recap. Prayer is the gateway to the presence of God. And we are changed in His presence. Every one of us in this room have been called to pray prayers of intercession, which bridges God and others, which bridges our city to God. All of us have been called to be an intercessor. And lastly, praying in the Spirit will build ourselves up. And let me, let me close with this. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. The Bible is very clear. Earnestly desire, earnestly pursue the gifts. We see in Matthew where Jesus says, uh, if you ask of me, of the Holy Spirit, won't, as a good father, won't I give you good gifts? So all I can tell you to do is what I did when I was 23 years old. And Did it happen right away? No, it took a couple of months, but I pursued it and I chased after the things of God. And I just said, I want all of you, God, I want all of you. I want all of you. What we see modeled in the book of Acts is we see people actually come and have hands laid upon them and something unlocks in them. But I've had people, close friends of mine, who said, listen, man, I didn't even know what speaking in tongues were. I was just in in my apartment one time praying. The Holy Spirit came on me and this thing just bubbled out of me. I had a guy at Bible college who was from Africa, had never even heard of speaking in tongues, never heard anyone speak in tongues. He said, I was on the back of a bus, and I was just praying, and the Holy Ghost came all over me, and I began to shout in tongues. I didn't even know what was happening. You heard the story of Scott Camp, Baptist traveling around the nation against tongues praying with some Baptist preachers. And in the middle of that prayer in front of those preachers, God began to pray through him in tongues. He was like, what just happened? This is not manufactured. This is not weird. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. You guys stand with me. You guys stand with me. Father, we thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're in this room today. I thank you, God, that you desire each and every one of us. Under the sound of my voice, no matter what our uh, denomination that we grew up with, God, we're putting all that aside. We're thankful for tradition. We're thankful for that. But, God, we're not going to allow it to keep us from all that you have for us. And I pray right now for the people in this room who've been a little bit uncomfortable today. I honor their history I honor their background and I'm not meant in any way to be demeaning today but I do want to call you higher and I do want to say God has more for you are you willing to say yes to him